Nice. Well, welcome to the Grow to Gold podcast. On today's episode, I have Mr. Danny Pessy. I'm excited to introduce him to the Grow to Gold community. So, Danny, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Man, I am alive. I'm alert and I feel great. Thanks for having me, Mr. Goldstein, baby. I'm excited, bro. Thanks for giving me some of your time. I know you're a busy guy. So let's jump right in. So tell us the Danny Pessy story. Where do things start? How did you get into sales? And fill us in from the beginning, man. Don't skip any of the juicy parts. Well, dude, I was, uh, I guess I got into door sales when I was like 18 going on 19. So I, I started off selling security systems door to door for a summer program for a company called Platinum Protection. It started in 08. And uh, my first summer was 09. And so I got recruited right at the tail end of 08 and started 09. And basically, I, I got told I could make a bunch of money in four months and come back and live the rest of my life and do whatever I wanted. And at the time, I started my own uh, improv comedy troupe. So I was like, dude, if I could be a comedian and not have to wait tables, I could do eight months straight of straight performances and coaching and training, um, learning the art form, then, hey, why not? Because otherwise, you know, these other comedians are stuck bussing tables during the day so they can't grow as fast. And I was like, dude, if I could only work four months full time, make enough money to live throughout the entire year and uh, not have to get a waiting job and focus fully on college and performing arts, then I have a step ahead of everybody. So that's what initially hooked me in on the job. I sucked at sales. I came, you know, I grew up with a, you know, very nice area to give you an idea my first car was a Range Rover so it wasn't like I was really in a situation where I needed to go out and make a ton of money but I was more sold on hey if I did do that you know, this job I could uh, sustain my theater background and you know that's that's all I'm really doing I've just been uh, I've been performing as an amazing salesman these last 13 14 years I'm not really a good one I just act like I am so yeah so that's, that's how I started I love that. So I have a question for you because doing some research about you, I saw a video that said you were almost in tears ready to quit after your first week going out knocking. And that story actually is even more appealing to me, knowing that you grew up and your first car was a Range Rover because it sounds like you didn't have to struggle that much. So you went out, got dropped off, knocked doors for alarms. And when you got picked up, I believe it was raining, right? You were soaking yep. wet. And you were sitting in the back of the car when you got picked up and you had this look on your face that was just like, wow. So you just got shell shocked. Is that mm -hmm. accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, it was in Seattle, Washington. And if you guys know much about Seattle, it's like the most miserable people of all time live there because of the weather. And, you know, that's just where miserable people conglomerate. So if you're living in Seattle and you don't think that's true, move. Um, I'm not taking it back. But um, ideally, uh, I, I remember just getting tons of rejection and I never really faced much rejection growing up. Um, and so for me, it was like really, really tough for me to deal that. I was always well liked. I was homecoming king in high school. So I had tons of friends and, you know, something wasn't going my way. I got really, really upset. And, you know, I was like questioning myself on whether or not I'm good enough to do this. Hey, can I handle this job? And, you know, I just remember being in this bathroom after a long day of work, just, you know, I was soaking wet and I like, I, they didn't have a lock on the door. So I was trying to dry myself off. So I was hitting the hand dryer with my foot on the door, trying to keep people from going in there. Cause I was like drying my underwear out. And I was like, 
bro, what the fuck is this shit? Like, I do not need this job. Like, this sucks. And so I was crying and I'm like, dude, I don't know if I can do this. I called my dad and he's like, dude, what else are you going to do? Just stick it out. You know, you've got a nice company to come home to. If you can't figure this out, you've got, you know, my business that you can basically take over. So you'll never have to worry about money. And I'm like, you know, you're right. Might as well stick this thing out and, you know, see how this goes. And, you know, at that point I just said, Hey, I'm going to figure this out. I can do this. Like I can do this. And then, you know, I got picked up. My, my manager like saw me crying and he, he I, I never, I won't forget this look. He turned around like, bro, are you already ready to quit? Like, dude, it's your first couple of days. Like, bro, come on. And then I'm like, dude, don't worry. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to make, make it through this. And, uh, you know, it was right then and there that I made that commitment that I'd never give up. And, you know, I've been staying true to the commitment for 14 years now. So, you know, that was, I was a child then, now I'm an adult. And, you know, I remember, I remember that literally like it happened yesterday and, uh, it was crazy. I was, I was really, really beat up and, uh, you know, I, I stuck through it. So that's a life defining moment right? That's a moment mm-hmm. you'll look back on 14 years and, and you could snap your fingers and probably feel yourself again in the back of that car soaking wet, that feeling of this is probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Is yeah. that, is that, is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it wasn't physically tough. It was just mental. And, you know, I was a sports player and, you know, I could usually push past the physical stuff, but just that mental, like I wasn't mentally trained. I wasn't prepared for massive amounts of rejection and, you know, I, I didn't know how to deal with it. And so, you know, I got really negative. I stopped working for the first couple of days. And then, you know, my, my buddy that was out there, he, uh, he freaking was knocking with me too. And, and he's like, bro, I missed my girlfriend. I'm going to go home. He left. I was sitting there by myself. Like it was so brutal. There was like eight people in a six person apartment and uh, we were sleeping on the couch and he got there first. So he got the couch. And then the pillows on the back of the couch, I p- took those off and slept on those with a blanket. And uh, yeah, dude, I mean, even though I grew up with money, I didn't get, I didn't get, get, get given any money when I went out there. So I had to really, you know, eat ramen and eggs and that type of stuff. And so it was, it was crazy, man. I, I hated every day of it. I wanted to quit every single day, but I knew I was going to stick it out. I'd be so happy to go home and then I'd wake up in the morning and then I'd get that pit in my stomach. Oh crap, dude, we got to go knock doors again. And, uh, yeah, dude, it was, it was brutal. And eventually I started just, uh, start listening to Brian Tracy. Um, the, the audio is sales one. What is that? The most popular one? Uh, psychology of sales. Yeah. The psychology of selling. And so I remember just listening to that over and over again. And eventually that like knot in my stomach, went away because I just taught myself how to not overstress and be overly negative. And so, you know, eventually it got better, but and it wasn't until I started getting some help from people who were better than me that um, made my life a little easier. I love that. You and I have similar stories in that capacity. So my question to you is, cause this was my experience. Did you approach it a little bit when you first started with an ego of how hard could this be? Were your expectations maybe not, not really aligned because you said right there, it was when you got the help of mentors that you were able to kind of turn that corner. And I'd imagine started having a little bit more fun with the process, which is probably when things started to click for you. Yeah, I, I didn't, I just was going out there because all my buddies went. Like, I, I didn't even like see myself as a door to door salesman. I was like, this is embarrassing. Like, who the hell would do this job? And 
but all my buddies were doing it and they were selling them like, well, dude, if they're doing it, I, I want to beat these guys now. So then I like got my competitive edge after, after I like started training myself to think and, you know, be uh, <clears throat> more of uh, in control of my emotions. Then I started to get into the game of the job, which was, you know, start climbing the leaderboard, start, start going from the bottom and work your way to the top. And when you look at it like that, it takes the emotional side out of it because you're out there playing, you know, chess. It's you're out there playing the game. It's no more. It's not like, oh crap, you're you know clocking in at nine and clocking out at five. It's hey, some of these people behind these doors have my money. Let's go play a game of hide and go seek and go find it. I love that. So it's interesting now to fast forward a little bit. So you went from a guy that grew up in a privileged background, right? And I appreciate the fact you're so open about that. And then you got into a job that it's not that glamorous. Your friends were doing it. They were making some money. You saw an opportunity there for yourself and you were ready to call it quits within one week. And again, I appreciate you being super transparent with us and the audience about all that. Now, fast forward, you're wearing a hat that's Knockstar University and you've created an entire door-to-door -door program that's quite frankly changing the industry. So how does somebody go from where you were to where you are now? Bridge that gap for us. Well, it's, we, we came up with the idea, um, me and my partner, Taylor McCarthy, and I've always wanted to do this. And I've always known that my role is going to be bigger than just selling. And it's, it's, we want to create um, a fast track for reps to have somebody who's walked in their shoes. Cause there's so many coaches and mentors out there that, you know, talk the talk, but have they walked the walk? And it's like, you could literally look back on my stories and see that I've done the walking and I've done the talking. And so ideally for me to make this transition, I spent my last 10 years performing in the top 1% in door to door. So that now when I start my coaching group, it's like, Hey, this guy has some validity. This guy's actually done it. Cause you see these guys on the internet. Hey, is this guy legit or is he full of crap? It's like, Nope, you can check. You can make a couple phone calls and door to door and know somebody's a real deal. And I knew that going in. So I had to put my time in on the doors so that if I am going to tell somebody, Hey bro, like, pay me for my advice, they're going to do it because I've spent most, most of my life doing this. And it's funny because a lot of our clients that we're consulting now, it's like they were, we were knocking doors when they were in elementary school. Like they're out there freaking born in 2000. Like, bro, I was huh, like, dude, it's crazy. And so these guys are born in 2000. I was out knocking doors. And so when they were little kids, so it's pretty, it's pretty wild to see that transition. And for me, it didn't come overnight. You know, obviously it takes a long time to, to build up where I was at. It took me four years to master it. And it would have been faster if I would have, if I would have paid for help because I always thought my manager and, you know, the regionals and the company-wide trainings was good enough. But what I didn't realize is, is what you pay for, you pay attention to. And, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm going to figure this out on my own. And what took me four years, I could have cut in half if I would have gone out and invested in my coaching rather than, you know, buying stupid rings and jewelry and crap like that. But a big part of who you are, and I'm glad you just brought that up. A big part of who you are is you have this big flashy personality. I run into you at a conference. You're wearing this King's robe. What is that about? Is that, is that just an image for you that you want to stand out? Does that go back to your improv and your theater background? How do you piece that together with the door to door industry? 
Yeah. And so for me, I, I stayed true. I made a promise to myself that I left theater after my fifth year because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take my fifth year in door to door. I did 10 years of theater in high school and uh, semi-professionally down in LA and stuff. And so I made a promise to myself that, you know, I, I will get back into the theater and I will perform. And my goal is, is two things is number one to start performing again on stage and number two to play in a basketball league again. And those are very important parts of my life that I want to incorporate again. And I'm, I'm building a lifestyle now that can support that. And so when you see me wearing these characters and these, these dresses, it's, it's, a, it's honoring, you know, who I was growing up. And, and part of my background as being a, a thespian is, hey, like, even though my show, which I thought in my life would be, I was going to be on Saturday Night Live. You know, I was, you know, shooting for that really, really hard. Like that show ended, but the door to door one began and this is my stage and I'm going to rock it. That's amazing. So when you're out on the doors though, right? Every single door is a performance. Every mm -hmm. time you now talk to a client, every time you do an interview, every time you're on stage at one of your events, you're essentially fulfilling your dream. So my question to you is, has one sort of replaced the other or is your dream to one day get back on stage and be that actor? What does that look like in your mind? Yeah. And so for, for me, the big thing was, is I, when I realized that me being in a sales uh, conversation with the client was a performance and if I did a good job, they'd pay for it. And it took me a little while to realize that. And so I have been living my dream, but the hard part is, is it's only one person at a time. And so when I transitioned into, you know, consulting leadership management, being vice president of a company last year, I managed a hundred reps. So, you know, I've, I've transcended uh, further along in my career. And so, you know, the thing was, is this, the stage got bigger and, you know, for me, one at a time, can only make you so much, but if you scale it to where you're entertaining more and more people, like that's the best part. My whole way I dress and the way I do certain things is because, you know, everyone's heard the boring sales jargon, like who's the guy that's going to be entertaining and educating. And that's, that's my promise to my people is I'm not only going to entertain you, but I'm going to educate you because that's the best way people learn. I'll never forget it. Sure. Going back and doing some of my some of my research, and anybody that's watching this, check out Danny Passy on Facebook and look at Dan the Alarm Man. Get a feel for some of his for some of his characters. It really is an incredible story to watch what this person has done. Because if you've had a leader, if you you've had a manager, you've had a mentor, somebody in your life that stood out to you, there's something other than just their information that made them a person of impression for you. And it's clear that that's what he does with the people in his life, and that's why he's still the prominent figure that he is. So moving forward from there, going back to what you're building now with Knockstar. So this is a new venture that you and Taylor started when? How long ago did this, did this launch? Um, well, really it started, uh, well, me and Taylor became good friends back in like 2010. So our second year in door-to-door. Uh, -door. So Taylor switches from cable to platinum protection. And I'm at this event. <clears throat> I'm at this uh, leadership retreat for platinum. I'm in my, in my hotel room. And uh, I'm in bed, just like relaxing, waking up. And then I hear a knock on the door. Some kid comes up to my door and like lets himself in. And he's like, what's up, dude? My name's Taylor. I'm like, oh, Taylor McCarthy. He's like, yeah. I'm like, bro, you're the top sales rep in the preseason. He's like, yep. I'm out there in Boston, dude, just crushing it. New Hampshire. 
I'm like, oh, wow, all right. So I'm like, okay, this guy's got some confidence. And he's like, yo, let me hear you pitch. Let me hear you pitch. I'm like, bro, I'm just waking up. What are you talking about? He's like, no, dude, check this out. This is nasty. And so he starts diving into his presentation, what he's doing so good. And I'm like, bro, this guy's nuts. It's 9 a.m. He's in here freaking pitching me and, and asking me about my presentation. And then uh, ever since then, I'm like, bro, this guy's a phenomenal trainer. And I'd always call him for advice. And, uh, you know, he got really, really good. And then we eventually, um, you know, started competing against each other. We were the top reps at our company. And then he transitioned to solar. I stuck into security. And so ideally, like ever since then, we've been, you know, good friends. And the thing is with friendship, it's, it's one thing to have a beer with somebody, but it's another thing to bring them up and elevate them and their status. And Taylor's always been someone that has brought me up as an individual and helped me improve my sales skills and has pushed me to get better. And that is one of the most valuable friendships you can have. And so I've really grown attached to him because, you know, we don't hang out all the time, but the impact he's had on my life of making me better has been really, really important for me. And, you know, we went to his, I went to his wedding in Peru. I flew down there and he was saying, Hey dude, I'm going to my, have my wedding in Peru. I'm like, bro, I'll be there hundred percent. And so I flew down to Peru, uh, spent a couple of days there for his wedding and had a blast. And then, um, you know, there was a void in the sales training industry and me and Taylor were like, Hey bro, we should, uh, we should put together a program. And uh, he's like, all right. And then we basically did the outline to a six-week boot camp. And we advertised it on Instagram. And we sold out every single one within hours every time we announced it. And, uh, dude, it's been – that's how we started up Knockstar. Uh, it's just these six-week boot camps. And we're, they're on pause right now because we're, we're growing the business and other ventures. But, you know, the big thing was is that's really how it got started. And, you know, the, the results that we were able to get our clients was – thing that really talk is obviously me and Taylor can sell lights out, but it's like, Hey, can you correlate that to reps, teach them and they go out and do it. We're seeing reps that have never sold more than five or 10 before in their months are doing that, you know, monthly now, 20, 30 accounts a week. We've got ions top rep in our, our, one of our programs, uh, Ty Segan, uh, river Skinner, uh, Mo Fala. We help simple solar quite a big grow to doing over a hundred sales a, a week. And so, you know, our whole thing is, is it's one thing that if we're good, but it's the other thing is, is if your students are good and we don't judge ourselves on how well Taylor and I sell, it's how good our, our students are. And that's, that's really where we set the bar because it's not about me and Taylor, unlike some other trainers in the industry, it's about the students that we have and putting them to the forefront. Like it's not about us, it's about them. And if we can't make them move the needle, then we're nothing more than talking heads just out there to stroke our own egos. I love that. And you guys are taking down the walls between a lot of these companies because for the people that are not in this industry, when you're part of a team, it's very much like professional sports here. Everybody is very segmented. So mm -hmm. you guys are bringing everybody together and, and check out some of the events that these guys are putting on, you know, between the stuff you guys have done down in Key West and just the fun that you guys are bringing to everybody, the, the leaders in these different companies where everybody's getting together under the same roof and truly learning. And that's a very unique thing that I think you and Taylor and the whole Knockstar community is really bringing to this industry. I don't know if that's something you would agree with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 100%. And, and you know, we know what sales reps like because why? I mean, we're, we're sales reps and we know what works because we've done it. We know what type of events, what type of community that gets built, built to get the best results. So it's like, hey, how can we mimic what we've learned and <clears throat> apply that to our people? and teach them to have the great experience like Taylor and I have. 
And so for us, you know, the good thing is, is, you know, we, we haven't made any money on the, like, we're not taking money out of the coaching business because we make enough during our personal sales. So we're truly showing up in this business to coach and train from a, a, a fulfilling place so that these guys can get the most out of the events. Like we, you know, over deliver like crazy on everything that we do so that the people that are part of our programs, you know, really get something out of it. We want them to change their lives so that, you know, in 10, 20 years, they can come up and be like, Danny, dude, thank you, bro. You, you taught me some of these techniques that were able to change my life. And I've made enough money now where, you know, I can send my kid to private school or, you know, whatever. I love that. So the relationships that you're building with these guys truly are not transactional. Like you said, you're not taking any money out of the business. You're still living off your personal sales. What is this? 14, 15, 16 years into your personal career. Uh, 14, it's starting my 14th year. And so 14 yeah. years, yeah. that's impressive. So what's the overall vision? So from, again, I've done a lot of research on this before we've jumped into this. It looks like you guys have a, a trip you're doing to Peru to do some give yeah. back. What's the overall vision? What's the mission? Because you guys are creating something really special and anybody from the outside can see that. I want to raise young men and women. I want to teach them, you know, the stuff that I should have learned earlier in my life. And so for me, my vision is to, you know, have passing the torch on from what we've been able to learn to this next generation. Cause a lot of the sales grades took their, are taking their sales skills to the grave, especially in door to door. So, you know, they're, if they didn't work for their company, they're not going to know any of their secrets and techniques. And so for me and Taylor, we want to pass that on. Because, you know, otherwise it's just, you know, going to go to somebody's grave. And for us, we really want to push that. And so it's obviously, you know, fo focusing on door-to-door, -door, solar security, pest control, you know, alarms, all that type of thing. But, you know, eventually it's going into, you know, life coaching, sales training, consulting, and, you know, that type of thing. Because the skill set that you learn in door-to-door, -door, like, transcends any type of skill set that you can learn anywhere else. Like, door-to-door -door sales are the Spartans of you know, the business world. And if they can learn from, you know, the people who literally led the door door revolution, then we can write our check anywhere. I, I couldn't agree with that more. Everything you said is exactly what I preach to people. The amount of rejection. And, and again, it looks like you've knocked well over what a hundred thousand plus door. I mean, how many doors do you think you've knocked in, in your career over 14 years? I mean, that's probably unquantifiable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 10,000 hours to, to master it. I think I did that like sec my second year. So I probably at 50 to 60,000 doors that I've knocked. So quite a bit. The thing there is, you is you, you knock, when you get good, obviously, you know, this, when you get good, you knock less doors. So because you're selling most of the people you talk to. So for me, my number was 13. It usually would take me 13 doors to warm up and then I'd get a deal. And then after that, it's usually every other house you get the sellers high but yeah i'd say probably around 50 to fifty thousand. that's amazing yeah like you said the, the best the the best time to get a sales right after you just got one so for people that are not in door-to-door -door, and i want to make sure we're, we're we're reaching all different audiences with this you know why do you think so many people like you hear door-to-door -door, it's got this stigma to it right jehovah's witnesses all this other stuff what do you think is the most valuable lesson in sales that you took from doing door-to-door like, what is the thing that stands out to you where just snap of the finger, you had to say the number one lesson I took from doing this is blank. Yeah, rejection isn't personal. So respect the client's perspective. 
you're a stranger offering them something that they weren't ready to buy. And there's going to be some resistance. Understand that's part of the game. And that's why you get paid what you get paid to. And so door to door, when people look at it, it's like, oh, well, if you're in sales, well, you hear door to door, you shut it out. No, door to door could be anything. It's you communicating to a customer that is basically um, not ready to purchase. And your job is to get them so they're there. It doesn't matter. Like door to door is just one avenue of doing it. You're set like anything that you do in door to door, you can just take the name out of door to door and apply it. And it's like door to door is the best sales because we face the most rejection. Like they're the best sales reps because if you can continue to get rejected over and over and over again, you get the most looks. It's like the guy at the gym, the dude who lifts the most weight for the longest amount of time is the buffest dude. It's like, so thing is some of these car salesmen, real estate agents, they don't get rejected. You know, there's days or weeks where they don't get rejected. So they don't get kicked out. You get dropped off in your car. You're spending eight hours a day getting your ass kicked. So it's like, uh, you're getting your reps in. So the mental fortitude that you gain from doing it, like that's what makes door to door sales the, the best in the business. And that's why they gets a bad rap because most people can't handle that. So it's easier to dismiss the fact that, Oh, it's a, it's a low quality job. That's for bums and low lives. Yeah. So, so you, I mean, you can't handle it. So that's why you say that. So it's easy to dismiss something because you're afraid of it. And so this way it's easier just to say they're bums and low lives rather than saying, Hey, They've got more gazelle than I do. I couldn't do that. I love your attitude towards it. I totally agree. And it's interesting to me because I'm also doing a coaching and consulting venture similar to what you guys are doing, but in a different world. And it's, it's, it's fascinating to me how many people are reluctant to even put them and put themselves out there on social media. A lot of the content that I've been putting out lately is tell your story because nobody's ever going to tell your story until you do right? Yep. You and Taylor with Knockstar, you've been telling your story on every doorstep with your company and everything you've done. And you've learned to do it very well. Hence the reason you're in the position you're in right now. But what's your feedback on that? Why do you think people are so afraid to tell their story? Why are people so afraid to put themselves out there? Because they don't believe in themselves. And it's something about them where they feel they're not worthy or that anybody would care what they have to say. And so it goes down to something that's happened in their early childhood that led them to feel unworthy about, um, you know, some of this, that, that their path in life and some of the things that they're doing. So that's why, you know, people have reluctancy to share their story or talk about themselves because they don't feel like a, anybody would care or B that, you know, that it's even worth talking about because they don't have the self-confidence that, Hey, maybe I have a cool life. Someone would like to hear about it. And they're afraid. They're, they're afraid of not being loved. And they're afraid of not, you know, people connecting with it. And they see these people getting thousands of likes and they're like, well, shoot, if I emote and I don't get enough likes, then, hey, oh man, this guy's better than me. So they compare themselves and then they overthink it. And they're like, hey, you know what? Just forget it. That's exactly it. And now going back to what you've built with the Knockstar, the, the community that you guys are creating over there and the amount of people that are breaking out of their shells, right? Because some of these people that have joined your community are not your typical salesperson, right? They're not this natural born salesperson. You guys are helping to refine that and you're growing them into the next generation of rock star. But what I'm really interested in is what's the future look like of that community? You and Taylor scale up all of these people. You guys are doing these give back programs. You have a whole bunch of guys that are making a ton of money. Where do you take that? Is there investments coming out of that? Is there other business opportunities? 
what does that look like in terms of this community you're building of just high performing people? So I see that the community develops into um, a, a more, not only just sales techniques, but a transformational business. We start with where we're strongest at, which is the sales techniques. But honestly, like the next level of it is transforming the way somebody thinks where they're worthy of the, the success. And that's the, that's the hard thing that takes more, uh, takes a long time to really develop with somebody. And so for me, I just see that we are up leveling people's self-esteem in the door to door and making them proud to be, you know, solicitors and not just door to door, but sales in general. A lot of times people have a bad stigma about it, but honestly, if sales stopped, the whole world would stop. And so it's like, you know, we're literally the most important profession on the face of the earth. And so people don't realize that they think that sales doesn't apply to them, but everybody is selling. You sell a woman on marrying you. You sell a woman on having a child, all these different things. You sell a man on, you know, marrying you, all these type of things, everything is sales. And so, you know, when people realize that and, you know, start understanding, Hey, this sales isn't that bad. And if I was able to get that message out, then people wouldn't feel so ashamed of what they're doing. And they'd feel like they have a, you know, a, a good lifelong, um, you know, journey and sales is more of a career than just something they're doing until they get a real job. And, you know, I want to change the stigma around that. And I think that this is a great place to do it from, you know, start from the bottom and work up. I love that. And just like you've transitioned, you started and did you start in alarms or you started doing something prior to alarms and then got into solar? No. What, what did you, what did that look alarms, like? Alarms was my first job I've ever had. Okay. First so alarms, so alarms to solar. And, and again, obviously, you know, there will be an evolution at some point where solar door to door is maybe different than it is today, right? I think that's unquestionable. But the yep. fact that you're building this community of people, as you put it, that are up leveling, now the future with these guys and girls and other people that are part of your community, the possibilities are really endless. Do you see some of these people becoming coaches underneath you and Taylor and then mentoring the next generation of people? Do you see yourself promoting these people organically, similar to how you grow teams and offices. What does it look like from an internal organic growth strategy within your company? Yeah, I mean, just the guys that are going through, um, you know, our program, if they learn, eventually there's a lifespan and guys either, you know, uh, get out of the industry or looking for other ways to continue to work in the industry. And we want to find a platform for the guys that do it the right way to have a home when they are ready to transition into coaching and mentoring and developing because a lot of the hard things is with this job is is if you're stuck at a sales rep and you can't transition into like a manager or regional you basically you know weed yourself out of the industry because you you know you just continually keep the same income you want to grow and so a lot of times sales reps are great but they can't transition to that next level and so whew, oh, sorry I'm about to sneeze but oh man so guys can't transition to that next level and so this way, it's, it's a good home for guys to be able to have uh, a place to, to land after their career in direct sales is over so that they can teach that to the next group and continue to go on from there. And so this is going to be something that's going to be continued, not only just in door to door, but in sales, mentoring and coaching and, you know, not only just leadership and recruiting, but I think all of that is something that's really, really uh, something that me and Taylor foresee in the future happening. Uh, not just this year, but over the future, you know, the next 10, 20 years. I think you guys have nailed that a hundred percent. And I think the biggest part about what you guys are doing is you're creating this whole life mentorship program for people and you're creating a culture that makes it fun. 
And really my next question for you is, is how important is it to, to make sure that people are having fun? And, and that culture is something that really brings these people in as a place that people want to stay. Because at this point, I'd imagine a lot of the growth of Knockstar is, or, is organic and referral based, right? This is not something you guys, as you put it, every time you launch an event, you guys are selling out. So a lot of yeah. this has to be your clients' results or driving in other people that also want to copy and duplicate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, the thing is, is the type of content that you get from 10 to 15 years on the doors at a high level is guys don't have access to that because a lot of those top reps don't go out and do it. And they, they, a lot of reps can't go out and do it. And if they do, they probably run their own company. And they're not in the field every day training people. And so <clears throat> it's very easy for me or Taylor to go start up our own sales company and, you know, just teach our guys that stuff. But instead we went and started this so that we can teach organizations to go ahead and try to implement and duplicate some of the stuff that we've done. And so for us, it's, <clears throat> if you don't get your clients to get results, they don't come back and they don't tell their friends and you know, the, the business eventually dies. So <clears throat> we have to continually up level our skills and so the cool part is, is, you know, we're player coaches, we're still in the field selling so that we can take what we're learning, apply it in the turf and find out what's really working. So when our clients come to us, they know exactly, they say, okay, well, this guy obviously knows what he's doing because he's used this material last week in a sale. We're not using the same content we did to sell deals five years ago. And everybody knows this stuff that worked five years ago doesn't work anymore. And so they're just, you know, recycling old tricks. So now it's good to continually have new stuff given to you. Totally agree. And that's great feedback. So in terms of really just the overall future of you, right? We've talked a lot about Knockstar, right? You said you wanted to get back into playing some basketball, some theater stuff. Where are you in the next 10, 15, 20 years? What is Danny Passy's legacy? Dude, I just get a life again, man. Honestly, it's, it's kind of, I look at the sacrifice I made. I lived in a suitcase for probably 70% of my last 14 years. I traveled, you know, I have a house, but I'm hardly ever here. And now because of this venture and the way I'm setting up this business and how solar has been able to pay me, you know, the amount of money that it does, I can start having a life again. And so I foresee myself building, you know, a life that I can have sustainability in and then also still be able to build a legacy and, you know, in terms of affecting and helping the door to door community. But the big gap that's missing in door to door is, is when you get the money, what to do with it. And so for me, I think the future, uh, another avenue of, of Knockstar is, is developing wealth for these kids so that they don't fall in the stigma that you have to keep selling and spending all of your money every year because unfortunately a manager would rather you spend all your money because guess what you come back and you you have to freaking you have to go out and work and so you know you want to teach these guys how to be wealthy so they don't have to come back they choose to come back and so if you had money coming in every month and you chose to work how much more of a powerful leader would you be if all of your needs were met and you chose to show up and be a leader rather than out of desperation and hey the irs is coming after me i have to pay these bills you nailed that i think for sure you just identified the biggest gap in the door-to-door -door industry 
just to put this into perspective for some people listening to this, I have a feeling a lot of the people listening, just because of your name and your reputation and what I've done are going to be from the door-to-door industry. But from the people that are not, door-to-door, it's not uncommon that people are making high six figures, even seven figures doing this, literally knocking on doors. So if you're not paying your taxes, if you're not investing properly, you can end up in a pretty hairy situation. So what Danny just identified there is 100% factual. So is there going to be a Knockstar Wealth Fund? I mean, what does that look like? I know some guys like Casey Ball, who's coming on our podcast here um, in the next two weeks or so. Um, he's crushing, right? I mean, this guy owns a lot, right? I mean, he's, he's invested in uh, 80,000 or so mobile homes across 19 different states and all different sorts of business ventures. Do you see that being something that eventually becomes a part of what you're teaching as well? Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is that Casey Ball is my manager and he's taught me tons of that. And unfortunately his deals are a little bit more expensive than the average reps can do. And so, you know, you do have to have some serious capital to come up with those. And so, um, you know, there's a gap for the guys that have 10, 20, $30,000. Hey, what do we do with those type of guys? And so, and, and preparing those type of things. And so, Having, having a fund in the future, yes, I foresee it happening, but first we want to have the validity down a little bit more with the brand before we start introducing people to money. And it'll be by invite because we don't want to just open it up to everybody and, you know, have a Grant Cardone thing happen where, you know, uh, you know, lawsuits and all that type of stuff happening. So I totally agree. I'm glad you put that disclaimer. So we're coming up on the hour mark here. My question to you, just in closing, Danny, and this has been incredible. Um, how do people find you? How do people join your program? How do people get more Danny Pessy in their life? Well, the thing is with me, man, it's like, how do I find me? And it's like, I hope that I am, you know, some sort of, in the door-to-door space is I want to give the message like, Hey, just because you're doing door-to-door doesn't mean you have to give up on your dreams and you can, don't have to give up on who you are as a person. I try to be the same person that I am, you know, on the doors or this characters that I create, like, have fun with this and and whatever you do in life don't let you know life beat the beat the artist out of you beat the comedian out of you beat the beat the poet out of you find a way to introduce that into whatever line of work that you're doing so that you can still be fulfilled and you know me doing what i do now i've never felt more fulfilled because i get to you know come from my authentic self and you know i get to put on shows and you know live my life like I envisioned it. And it's not exactly how I thought it would pan out. Like I didn't think I'd be doing door to door this long, but it's, it's the, the saying is, is you follow your North star and your North star is the general direction of what your life wants to be. And don't get attached to specifics. Like I, I wanted to be performing in front of 30 or 40 people on a stage with a microphone, pitch black telling jokes. But now I'm on a stage with a microphone pitch black, selling, telling people that they're worthy, that they can sell. And instead of 30, 40 people that are heckling me, I've got three to 400 people writing down everything I'm saying. So it's like, you know, if I would have been specific on that, like, Hey, I had to make it comedy. Then I would have missed this opportunity to, to be this avenue. So don't be attached to the specifics of it. And, you know, I hope that resonates with a lot of people because, you know, they'll go through their whole life trying to you know fit into the job when it's you make your the job fit into you and you know that's that's my that's my advice to everybody and you know i hope that everything that they do and you guys go out and do in life you achieve at it but remember you know you don't want to 
climb the success ladder and realize when you get to the top, you're on the wrong wall. Make sure that you figure out which wall you want to climb and make sure if you're going to commit to it, you go all out. And so when you do get to the top, you feel proud of what you've done. And, you know, I think after creating Knockstar with me and Taylor, I think I'm very, very proud of, you know, what I've been able to accomplish and what Taylor's been able to accomplish. And, you know, not only us, but, you know, what our students have been. And so, you know, if that resonates with you, I'd love for you to follow along our journey. This is going to be fun. And I promise to entertain you more than I can educate you. So uh, follow me on Instagram um, at Danny underscore Pessy. So whatever you do, do not misspell my last name. And uh, if you do, you'll end up on an inappropriate website. So make sure you go Danny underscore Pessy. And then we have uh, Knockstar University on Facebook. It's a page, Knockstar University. Unlock the secrets of door-to-door sales. And so you can join us there and we do Facebook lives and trainings on there all the time. So yeah, we'd love, uh, we'd love to help support in any fashion that we can. You crushed that. There's nothing for me to even say to follow up on that. The advice you just gave everybody, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. Everything he just shared with you is a hundred percent sound. So Danny, thank you, brother. This was an absolute pleasure. I took some golden nuggets from this. Thank you for your time. I know it's not cheap and I appreciate it very much. I look forward to chatting with you again. And thank you so much for joining us on the Grow to Gold podcast, my friend. It was it was an absolute, pre- absolute pleasure.